just uh, just like everything else with this show, there's another hand that uh, that helps write it all, and uh, it's a real great reflection of things outside and inside. So. We're finishing up Mario Puzo's The Godfather tonight after this show concludes at 8.30. And that's it for 2023. I already have a couple of picks in mind for 2024. And I really do pray that many of you become monthly uh, supporters on, uh, on quite frankly, .tv. Wherever the hell you want, become a monthly supporter and, and just jump on into the fray because it's a lot of fun. And that's exactly where we really need to be right now. It's one thing to know what's going on out there and to trade theories and to have interesting guests on and talk about the news and talk about history. And But it's another thing to give yourself exercises. And it's been a wonderful exercise. Reading, we all read things. But it's been great to read as a group and to come together and analyze as a group. You see things you didn't know. You were, you were going to see uh, you retain things it's a really amazing retention building tool uh, so I really hope that you all consider that buy a quite frankly subscription for a friend of yours for the next year for the holidays it's all coming up I'm also going to have a great update we have picked out the coffee roast we're going to tell you all about it um, we're just getting a lot of the uh a lot of the the information worked out here but it seems like by thanksgiving way before thanksgiving i'm hoping we're going to have our coffee ready quite frankly coffee ready we went light roast a nice city roast i think it's a blend of what is it i think peruvian mexican and ethiopian and we had a, a a number of light roasts that were sent to us because i said well i want to go as light as possible roasted just the first crack and I'm going to have all that information for you soon. I also have more information about what, uh, about some other exciting things that we were doing going into the, the last couple of months of this year and into the new year to fortify ourselves, to become more independent, to double down on what we can do for production and reinvest. And uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. We're just um, getting all our ducks in a row and tightening up the website and having a good time. So... With that, we have Rich Barris coming on tonight, and whenever Rich comes on, he's the director at Big Data Poll, People's Pundit. You can find him on Locals and elsewhere. I have the link to his uh, Locals in the description of this episode, but he's most active on Twitter as well, and he is the, uh, the host of Inside the Numbers, which streams live on YouTube, among other places. And Rich is a great guy, not only to talk about polling, but just to talk about the world at large and and trends and human behavior and I, I just like you know taking the vitals with rich once a month and it is the last monday of the month october 30th 2023 he'll be joining us in a, about 19 minutes or so so we're going to do some other things here go and check out the show on quite frankly.tv and while you're there go to the affiliates page and start christmas shopping all over the place all over the place okay so let's go to the the news well let's go to the grab bag just to have a little bit of fun shall we first one up is from yahoo news <laughs> the headline is after transitioning my straight guy friends started to hit on me it made me feel like a piece of meat i'll take things that never happened for 500 
Now, this is incredible. It's just so buffoonish. It's just so buffoonish. There's this guy with eyeshadow and long shaggy hair with no volume uh, standing there. We're supposed to believe that all of his straight friends started, started having the hots for him once he grew his hair out. I hung out with my straight guys for the for my guy friends for the first time since transitioning. For the first time, they hit on me and started making strange jokes. It made me feel like a piece of meat, but it also made me feel more like a woman. Spoken like a person who doesn't know what being a woman is like. And it, you know why this is so ridiculous? Don't have to go very deep into this one. This would be like if Matt or Mike over here just started wearing wigs and suddenly we could not we could not resist the urge to we we had to have our hands on them we needed to touch them we we needed them be, just because they had a wig on it's just so ridiculous but of course yahoo picked it up because it's depraved and uh and that's that's the world at large Hey, speaking of men without testicles, though, people who have actually gone through a transition in the last year or so, Ron DeSantis. Now, I have not really talked very much about this guy a lot. I've, uh, he's a very curious character. I think everything that he's been compelled to do over the last, you know, since the midterms especially, has just been so self-destructive and, and in many ways hilarious, but this one was sad. He went on the Patrick Bet David podcast and Patrick Bet David is he's got gigantic balls he'll just he does not care about making things uncomfortable for people and there has been a I guess I didn't even see this video of Ron DeSantis being on stage somewhere and and it, what it he looks to be wearing what are high-heeled cowboy boots and Patrick Bet David, he's he wants to bring it up. He wants to bring up the memes and things that have popped up around around this man. And I just you have to see this is a minute long and it's just hilarious. I'm sure your marketing team points out how they're trying to troll you in the marketplace. Okay, I'm sure they're doing that. Can you bring this one clip? I know you were on uh, 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 what do you call it on. Uh, uh, what was it? Bill Maher. And Bill Maher talked about the boots. I've seen you walk with these boots. Go ahead and play this clip. This on TikTok went viral. It doesn't have a million views. It doesn't have, you know, 10 million views. This thing's got 1.2 million likes. And and some people are wondering. How, what are they? I don't even so I haven't what, seen that. What there's, they've not shown this to you. Okay. No. What they're trying to say with this is that in your boots, you have heels. No, no, no. That's yeah, what no, those, those are just standard off the rack um, Lucchese. Um, uh, how, how, how tall are you, Governor? How tall 5'11". are you? 5'11". 5'11". Okay. Why don't you wear tennis shoes and dress shoes? Uh, I do wear tennis shoes when I work out. Yeah, 100%. you do. Yep. Okay. <laughs> this is so uncomfortable. <laughs> I got a gift for you. I'd love for you to wear. Okay, I shop at Ferragamo. Okay. And I, got I don't accept gifts. I can't accept I, it. I totally get I'm it. I'm sorry. No, gonna... oh, he got it. He went out there. He got him some nice Ferragamo shoes. I can't accept gifts. I'm on the up and up. Oh my god. You know you know what the problem is? Right around here. When he brings up the the the, the video itself. Uh what was it? Bill Maher and Bill Maher talked about the boots. I've seen you walk with these boots. Go ahead and play this clip. This on TikTok went viral. It doesn't have a million views. It doesn't have, you know, 10 million views. Now right here is where 
you know, if you had any kind of sense of humor, you'd be chuckling at least something. It, it, it almost seems like Ron DeSantis is interested in figuring out whether or not he actually is wearing heels. No, I mean, no, no, no. Play, play the clip. Let's see. Like, they're your shoes. So at least be good. But he's so stiff. And, you know, it's crazy. Um, when he was getting a lot of attention during 2020, 2021, when you know, more often, way more often than not, we were cheering him on for being one of the few... Uh, few governors out there who are taking reasonable stances on some things with uh, with the, the the response to covid and all that stuff you know come on you you know more often than not we were like all right well floridians got a good thing going on down there at least they're they're better off than some of us up here and uh i you just never saw this awkwardness you just never saw this like he actually make he made minced meat of a lot of a lot of idiots in the media down there, and now he just he just seems like he's he's floating in the vacuum of space, and he can't be helped. <laughs> like it's just uh, it's just weird. All right, so there's that. Uh, I saw these these things that popped up. I've been watching a little bit of the uh, the World Series. That game one was pretty incredible. Game two was a blowout in favor of the Diamondbacks. But then we had this. Somebody was pulling together all the synchronicity between 2001 and 2023. Now, I remember in 2001 when Randy Johnson killed a bird in mid-flight during one, delivering a pitch. But what is this? It's, this is what this one person, Chris somebody, said on, on uh, Twitter. Here's a screenshot of it. So you mean to tell me that our, our ace, I guess he's speaking from a Diamondbacks perspective, our ace hit a bird in 2001, and our ace hit a bird in 2023. Uh, I think Zach Gallen... Gallon is is that the the ace for for Diamondbacks? He hit a bird this year. Somebody's got to link me to that. I forgot to go check it out. But anyway, take a listen to this. Our ace hit a bird in two thousand one. Our ace hit a bird in two thousand twenty three. That I don't know how you can stage if that's the case. All of the dates of the World Series games in two thousand one are exactly the same as the dates in two thousand twenty three. And that's uh you know that's that's probably just because they've expanded the 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 playoffs a little bit uh, longer. We had our first ever November baseball games being played in 2001 because September 11th delayed it all. Um, so, but now the All-Star game in, was in Seattle in 2001. That was the same for 2023. And then, of course, we have George Bush throwing out the first pitch in 2001 and the first pitch in 2023. Now, this was shared by Spiro the Ghost a couple of days ago on, um, that's probably after right after game one. This is on Twitter. He says, President Bush threw out a first pitch of the World Series last night. The last time he threw out a first pitch was right after 9-11, right before a major war. I'm sure it's just coincidence. Now Please the- welcome the 43rd president of the United States of America, George Now, when it did come to the actual execution of the pitch, I saw the synchronicities. I, I, I didn't know about all the other stuff, but the, the whole George Bush thing, 
2001 and of course right now where we are we're just a little while a couple of weeks removed from what was immediately dubbed the 9-11 of Israel and now the entire world seems to be mobilizing even much faster than what was going on in Ukraine God knows what kind of a warm-up that was the appetizer I guess the last two years but of course the one thing that I will say is different from 2001 and 2023 is that George Bush did not fire a strike at all. And that, I think, uh, correlates a little bit with how people are, by and large, far more untrusting of everything that they are being fed. And for all the reasons that we need to be mobilized right now, this is not the same country we were 22 years ago. It just wasn't. Uh, It isn't. Yep. Now he bounced that one in there to Pudge. He bounced it, and let's hope that that's a little uh, a little something that goes in our favor, because you know they're going to do whatever the hell they're planning to do, no matter what. Anyway, uh, on that end, U.S. troops in Iraq and Syria attacked two dozen times in two weeks. More predicate, more predicate. They're giving it to us, and this new guy Johnson. The Speaker of the House, everybody's like, oh, wow, he's a MAGA guy. He needs to be uh, resisted at all costs. I said, oh, well, I mean, I guess that's that's always something nice when certain people you don't like in Congress hate another person. Uh, you know, it's almost like the way that we decide what movies we're going to watch these days. If certain groups don't like it, you know, it's probably something worthy of watching. Well, here you go with this Speaker Johnson. Johnson on Fox, we are going to move a standalone Israel funding bill this week into the House. I know our colleagues, our Republican colleagues in the Senate, have a similar measure. We believe that it's a pressing and urgent need. No. No, it's not. Not at all. Johnson also, uh, there are lots of things going on around the world that we have to address, and we will. No, you don't. No, not at all. Not at all. But right now, what's happening in Israel takes the immediate attention. Well, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. So meet the the new boss, same as the old boss. And I think we've got to uh, separate that and get it through. I believe that there will be bipartisan support for that. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Plenty of uh, dual citizens on both sides. So it's just um, whatever the hell they're planning. So let it be written. All right. All right. So let's uh, let's take a little bit of a intro break. When we come back, going to set the table for Rich Barris a little bit. And then we're going to be off to the races with him because, man, uh, the things we saw over the weekend. Yeah, I know Matthew Perry died. I noticed that. And I got to say, I didn't really read into it. I saw it. And it, that was one of those deaths where, uh, you know, if you if you see him pop up, in the media over the years you just say this guy's on a he's got he's on a collision course with disaster and i really don't read too far into it i gotta i gotta be honest um he doesn't seem like the big uh the big red pilling type like he's he's about to break the biggest story in the world he just he seemed like a guy who's had a really really rough go of it uh which is sad it's sad, but that's the other thing. I, I did not watch the hockey thing. No way in hell. I'm not watching that. 
I read about the details of what's going on. Some people wondering whether or not the one player slashed the other player's throat with his skate on perfect purpose, or if it was just one of those uh, rare occasions where the a skate meets a neck, and one guy died. And I, I heard it was gruesome and horrible, and that's just the last thing I wanted to see today. The last thing. You know, it's 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 uh it's it's one thing when you're you're digging into the 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 goings on in a war zone somewhere, and you see dead bodies, and you see people in uh you see you know people in various states of decay or whatever the hell else. But when you're talking about just a bit, you know, you're an athlete going to work someday, and all of a sudden your throat has been cut on the ice skating rink. And you just fade out of existence. It's just, that's fucking horrible. I'm not watching that, but I heard about it. And, um, yeah. Just just the pits. So let's get this underway. And we'll see what the hell's going on with Rich. And we'll see what's going on with the rest of the world. I have some really interesting topics I want to bring up with him. Especially the demographics issue we're having here. That's being revealed by all these these uh, these really high-energy protests all over the place. Just incredible, the matchups that we're seeing right now. The matchups are just incredible. All right, well, don't go anywhere. We will be right back. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! Tomorrow's gonna be good. I um, tomorrow's one of those nights where I wish that we were a show that went live at nine o'clock instead of uh, seven o'clock because I, you know, we're Aurora's three years old, so you don't have to do much. You gotta take her to a couple of houses, but I love to take her to, you know, few few different places. It's just how early gonna go? Four thirty? Four forty-five? I'd say I have to get to the studio no later than 6 o'clock. So I can probably push it a little bit more, but I gotta do a little bit. Um, anyway, tomorrow night's gonna be really great. We have Dr. Albert Taylor coming on with us tomorrow, and I've already hashed out all the details with him. That's gonna be a, that's gonna be a really good one. And uh, I hope that you're all here for it. Because, yeah, there are some follow-ups, as I said, 
to the out-of-body experience stuff there, I do have some NDE questions for him. I want to read him some spooky stories that came in from the audience. And most of what I have for him is going to be on paranormal adventures, because he's a paranormal investigator as well, outside of all of his journeys into the astral plane. So that should be a... Uh a nice little thing going on tomorrow night. Then afterwards, I don't know. I'm sure we'll have some spooky movies on QuiteFrankly.tv. Last night was fun. Last night was a lot of fun for the uh, the Sunday night Frank's Picks. A lot of us hung out there in the chat room a little bit. Cast to our televisions from QuiteFrankly.tv. And, and yes. And very soon, the show, the second half of the show, is going to be exclusively on QuiteFrankly.tv. That's right. I'm going to get into all of those details pretty soon. I'm very, very excited about the opportunities that are popping up. It's not behind a paywall. Never will happen like that. But there, it is uh, It is time to hunker down for 2024. And um, a lot of those details, we'll get into that after Halloween. After Halloween, my friends, it's going to be handled very, very smoothly. And it's a wonderful opportunity, I assure you. Okay, so here we go. Here we go into what we saw over the weekend. Pro Hamas. Pro Hamas protesters beat black Hebrew Israelites with Palestinian flags. Okay. So now we have the Palestinians, the Palestinian pro Hamas protesters or you know, it's not just people who are pro Hamas. I, I, I'm sure that they're there that some of them are in there, but I'm sure that there's just a lot of people who are there wanting to represent the Palestinian side of things where, you know, they were displaced a long time ago. That was the initial uh, infraction. All right. Now we just got generations of 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 blood feuding going on where people on both sides have been slaughtered by people on both sides. You have children growing up without parents, children growing up with vendettas, and it just, it just becomes compounded. So there's a lot of things going on out there, and of course I believe this is, again, all by design, because uh, as long as there are these feuds among little people, and as long as people are targeting each other for one thing or another, which, which then just becomes its own self self-perpetuating nightmare over the course of years, then the real work can be done at much higher levels. That's what the real work can be done. The, the real uh, Armageddon work can be perpetrated. Here you go. This is from the Midwesterner. In Chicago, the, the Israel-Hamas war has come to America. Isn't that incredible? Black Hebrew Israelites... Pro-Hamas Palestinians duked it out in the streets of Chicago this weekend. Video captured by Yeshiva World News showed pro-Hamas protesters using their Palestinian flag poles as weapons as both sides fought in the roadway on Sunday. That's right. You want to see a little bit of it? It's just incredible. It's really incredible footage here. Yeah. Yep. 
in Chicago, so again, in Chicago, we're talking about Middle Eastern blood feuds are being settled in the streets. Okay? And that's in Chicago. It's not the only place. I mean, in the UK, forget about it. Forget about it. They're talking about tens and tens of thousands of people out there. And, you know, many of them are their, their native white allies, you know, just continuing the, 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 uh, the, the rooftop dancers from, from Independence Day out there with their signs, wanting to be on some side of history and say, I was there. This is the new Selma. I mean, everybody is just out of their minds, absolutely out of their minds. But when I see this, I'm thinking to myself, boy, oh boy, I mean... That whole idea about demographics being destiny, is that not what's going on here? Kyle Serafin, friend of the show, recovering FBI agent, as he likes to call himself, whistleblower, was talking about this a little bit here, too. This is a little bit on his commenta- uh, commentary with the New York demonstrations. New York City is marching for Palestine right now. It is massive. Thousands and thousands. <laughs> Again, this is America. If these were thousands and thousands of people with the Israeli flag, again, I mean, what the what the hell's going? You say, well, well, it's America. They can go out. They can protest about things around the world. What's going on? But the thing is, here, this is the result of bringing people who, I mean, they they don't have this is this is they're split allegiances here. They're split allegiances here, and don't you dare interfere. Because then you'll see just how uh, partial the allegiance really is. And it's just crazy to see all this going on. Now, Kyle says, when I hear the same chants, because they're doing the hey, hey, ho, ho stuff. When I hear the same chants with different words that BLM stooges and Antifa criminals used in 2017 to 2021, I know where I land. I don't support you. I also don't see, uh, I don't want to see American dollars going to support the other side either. Hard times are definitely coming for this country. That's, ex- yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, the bigger question is who has set up these, these feuds? Who has set up this situation? And why are we dealing with it right now? The timing is just incredible, and don't think it is coincidence in any way, shape, or form. But uh, you know what? That's why I want to bring on our buddy Rich Barris, people, the People's Pundit. Here he is tonight. What is going on, Rich? How you feeling? Uh, feeling good, living the dream. And I was listening before. Hold on, Rich. And I gotta bring it up. Wait, Rich. You're, You're having a paranormal investigator on tomorrow, a doctor, to discuss NDEs. I am. I am. And before we get into that, uh, your wait, your microphone's not on. It's my mic's not on. Yeah, that's coming from a, a from a webcam. Ooh no. Okay, give me one second. You got it. One second. Uh, audio. I see you got a, a new You're right. You're right. An SM7B right. there. You're right. There you go. That's better. Good. Now jack that. There we go. Jack it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh because I was playing around and I promised everybody on locals we do a live test uh because we have all these elections coming up, Frank, and I'm up in the game here with election presentation and it just totally blew and i'm i mean i'm at the point where i'm throwing like acoustics across the room i'm like i'm done i'm done for today well, I, i'm done i noticed I really that you, thought 
I had it this time. I notice all your stuff is, but you, you don't have any uh, musical equipment behind you. You also still sound very low, though. You sound, you sound. Wait, really? Yeah, it sounds. Uh, it's possible. It's the way I am. Hold on, I can crank it up a oh, little bit. Absolutely. It might actually be good. Setting. Crank it. Whatever you is just that did. Better? That's a lot better. Okay, great. So okay, yeah, we do yeah, have a paranormal investigator tomorrow. Tomorrow night, he actually does. Um, his forte is talking about out of body experiences. He actually used to be a NASA engineer, an aeronautical engineer, and he left. He left that business to to get into exploring the astral plane. If you've got anything you want to ask or contribute, Rich, you know that you just jump right on. Well, you you know, I, we've talked a little bit about this, but I I got into a period um, when I I got I guess I got interested in it, and there's a database for uh, those who study national uh, or those who study near death experiences, and I I got in this book called Imagine Heaven, I believe it was called. And I started to study that database after uh, reading that book, and it's fascinating stuff, Frank. I mean, like, you know, from my perspective, um, anytime, anytime there are similarities over different cultures and different religious beliefs, yet there are key elements to each of these NDEs, you know, just as a data guy, it's hard to ignore. So I always find it fascinating. I'm going to have to watch it, man. I'd love to see it. Maybe I can if uh, I got a question or something. I'd love to ask him because, uh, you know, it just seems to me we went through it. And I'm, I don't I don't want to take up a whole lot of your time on this, but, you know, the welcoming committee, the life review. I mean, there's this like whole, you know, this whole uh, how, what, what pattern. It's a pattern. You know, there's the, this whole pattern, no matter whether people are Muslim or they're christian or whatever that they follow now your experience when you get there may be different i spoke to um a muslim woman who was beaten uh badly by her husband and she i mean he basically beat her to death and she was given an nde it was an incredibly powerful testimony about what she went through um came back changed some of her beliefs but again it's just really crazy stuff i mean people who want to dismiss it dismiss it i strongly suggest you take some time to look into it it's really fascinating stuff you know because I, I don't know how you get that similarity frank if it's not real and by the way we all love to talk about the pretty flowers that you can't describe the color to because you've never seen a color like that in uh, in life on planet earth there they can't describe the colors they see because how could try explaining a color nobody's ever seen i uh, dare you right it's impossible right there's we love to talk about that but the truth is in that database um a lot of people go somewhere else and you know one guy was like popping in and out of consciousness and in and out of life like being alive and dead during heart surgery and he's like grabbed the doctor's arm and grabbed him please don't let me die please don't let me die i'm i'm going to hell please don't let me die and it was like one of these incredible uh recounts of him hearing wailing and gnashing of teeth like christ talked about in darkness and in cold and uh, describing just a terrifying place so I mean, we always hear about the nice stuff, Frank, but we don't ever talk about what the other people go to, and some of it is horrifying. Make you a believer, real quick, brother. Oh yeah, no, I, <laughs> I see. You know, I, I was talking a little bit about this this morning um, in the morning show, where I th it came up that there was. I always thought about a quarter of them, but I, I think that the actual number is about twenty-three percent of those NDEs are negative. 
Yes. And, and I often, I, I, I'm yeah. more curious about those because uh, the, the positive ones, you can, you can, there's a, there's a big, a large fact pattern there. Like you said, a lot of things that are held in common, but the negative NDEs are something that I'm, I'm really curious about because whether it's good or bad, actually, when you think about out-of-body experiences, especially people who have practiced this enough for where they can induce an out-of-body experience every night and leave their body and, and go, you know, traverse the, further, the universe. Baby. You know, what what happens, what, what if somebody, what if your body dies while you're out, you know, out doing whatever? Uh, is that part of the, is it a different process? Uh, I just, I need yeah. to know a little bit about wow, that. Wow, that's interesting. Oh, it's going to be a good one. It, it, it usually that's like is. The, well, the sinister, that's why I said the further. Uh, you know, there, there are um, people who talk about, and by the way, this goes back, I mean, this is, ancient history folks that we're just trying to learn about scientifically now they talk about that tether uh and there's a moment where that tether can break uh you can um you know basically become just too separated and it's it, I, those people don't come back probably frank to tell us the, the the tale so we don't know a lot of the um the quarter or so that's negative they get buried under the 75 percent of people who come back or roughly it's a little less who come back i think and say it's a positive experience but it usually comes with some kind of a warning or some kind of a a life lesson so even the positive ones may not be 100 percent positive but again we're seeing and hearing about what well, we're hearing about those experiences because they are uh apparently returning but the people you're talking about they're not so we don't know what the hell. I mean, imagine if it is something like the 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 red door, and you just get trapped, you know, uh, in some place like that. I don't know. And he's a paranormal. That's why I'm listening to you. It's interesting. He's a paranormal investigator. I'm curious what he thinks spirits are, you know. And you know, the the that this is this is going to become more of a conversation as time goes on, whether people certain people want it to be or not. You know, why do you think that is? Because like, I, I in you in particular, I want to know where you think that we are going as as a as a species on a planet what kind of veils do you think are going to be peeled back as we because right now what we're talking about right before i brought you on is a growing yeah there's growing tension in the streets there's a little bit more there there's more evidence that we are living in such uh, i i think untenable societal discord how the hell do you get through this but really what it's what it's working toward is something that is i think some people have been planning for a long time they want biblical armageddon this is a this is the workings of a death cult not to get too specific at this point but there is uh they're working toward biblical armageddon do, do you think that there is something biblical coming you know, I mean, the people who believe will obviously So I had somebody the other day. We were talking about Israel last week, and I had somebody the other day patently ask me why I do what I do. I, You know, if you're a believer, you know you can't stop it. This is prophecy. It's going to happen. And, you know, it, it, there, you can see there's a piece of them that want it to happen. It affirms their views. I mean, let's be real. And then, of course, it, it does have a promise of a... Um, of a better outcome than what we're living in. And I think when we're in times, and this is just not true of now, but all, all the time societies in this kind of tumultuous state, there is some kind of a great awakening or some kind of a reveal that leads to some, I, I guess, reveal or more spiritual, uh, a greater spirituality. It's a little bit different now, though, because we don't have uh, as much of an influence in certain, you know, that certain churches have on society. 
And it, this is a, a whole other interesting topic about where will that leave us then? Because it doesn't mean people aren't spiritual. You know, we talk about the rise of the nuns all the time where we ask people, are you affiliated with, well, what religion are you affiliated with? And they'll tell us none. And we're getting into the holiday season. We talked about this last year. But then we'll ask them, do you celebrate Christmas? Okay, why? Do you celebrate the birth of Christ? Do you believe in the Christ? And so many people who most, I imagine, would think that they, that, that they would be defined as Christians still refuse to associate with certain religions it doesn't mean they don't believe in something greater hmm. even younger people that's true uh though we had a period um in my generation the generation after me where it got i would say godless for a while there some of the younger generation is getting more uh more spiritual again but they're not traditional it's not going to be you know 25 percent catholic in the in in the future frank even if we have a mass immigration from latin american countries where they're mostly catholic that's going to change the more they stay here and it's going and they politically mature and the white population is getting more educated and less um religious i think but but again it doesn't mean the rise of those nuns does not mean that they believe in nothing and i think that there is a different kind of mindset in some of the newer generations where they are more open-minded um then again you know when we talk about other topics like uh the the aerial phenomena stuff like that uh that by age is not that it's not there's not a pattern there that's really easily discernible it's like the x-files generation and beyond uh has a much more open mind here when it when it comes to things like that but as far as you know as far as like you know the, the that that part and i don't want to trying to be careful with my words but there's a sect of i would say evangelicals there are certainly mormons um there are certain you know other sects of christianity um where they support Israel at all cost because it does fit within their biblical worldview. Yeah. And they believe this will ultimately, first of all, they believe it's inevitable and it's been, I mean, it's prophecy. And then um, also, like I said in the beginning, I mean, it, it promises a better future for believers, uh, for those who were saved. So, you know, you'd welcome it if you believed in that. To me, uh, there are things that I believe are, are going to happen. I, I am a, I am a, a, a believer. Uh, and I consider myself a Christian, but I, I don't think that means I ever have to stop fighting. You right. know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. like they, there's this, like, I don't know. I, like no, I said, no, I get guy, you. I'm, he is not alone. I hear this a lot. You know, you know, what? why do you even fight? Why do you bother? You're a Christian. You know it's going to happen. Okay. I don't want it to happen. I don't have to like it. No, you see, and I just respond very simply see, Rich, with, this is how God built me. He built me as a fighter. I'm sure he knows it. And uh, I don't think he expects me to just lay down and wait for it. Or, God forbid, cheerlead for it. Because, excuse me, that I find dead Palestinian kids just as uh, disgusting as dead Israeli kids. Yeah, and, you know, what you're saying... Dead kids are dead kids. Absolutely. You know? And there's a few things here. There's a few things here. Um, when it comes to... Why do you fight? The real thing here that we have to remember from a historical standpoint, and I'm not about to say this because I'm 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 John Rambo over here, or I'm you know Charlemagne, and I'm you know it's it's time to go grab our great swords and start swinging. But um, that willingness to fight, that idea of martyrdom, is something that was very very alive, very very there in Christianity 
for a long time to yeah. be willing to go and, and see a, a, a just cause to 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 die to die uh, fighting for something that was yeah i mean it was uh it, it was something else there man you know so when you look at everybody well, you know, I, that's i don't understand the whole oh don't worry don't worry god's in control just all you have to do is wait around it's like listen faith is faith and practicing your faith that is totally separate from not being proactive and not seeing that that this is that sitting around and just waiting for revelation is uh is it, that's just not the way I, I don't see that and yeah you're right there's there's a lot that's controlled um that there, it's it's suicidal i think the uh the devotion that evangelicals have with israel there's that but you know when you talk about when you talk about there being the rise of the nuns uh we we did this a couple of weeks ago when i had uh, author and researcher rachel wilson on to talk about occult feminism and the kind of yeah. the kind oh. yeah the, the figures that were behind first wave feminism and what it did um and and and, that, and and where we are even today between how how the right and the left has horrible feminism problems and when you say that there's nothing there well uh, i see that too there is there's far less people going to church these days but as you said before, human beings, we are, we're, we're programmed to be connected to that divine outlet. And people... I, I, 100%. So when that's not there, and as far as what feminism has encouraged over the years, to rail its chief opponent has always been Christianity because Christianity is the ultimate patriarchy. And when you start burning that out of people... And you start burning, you know, tradition out of people, and and ultimately religion itself becomes a drag. Uh, that doesn't mean that people's desire to be spiritual and to plug into that world is going to diminish, which is why we see the rise of things like witchcraft in these yeah. uh, with with the youth. So it's a uh, it's a uh, you can you can see the trends, and they make a lot of sense once you have a thirty thousand foot view. A huge source of mental illness, too, that I think it's sad. Um, I have friends who just entered, you know, the mental health field over the last couple of years. I've seen friends do it. It is not at all uh, favorable or even tolerant of people who hold uh, traditional views or uh, views like you just espoused right there. And uh, it's hostile. It's openly hostile to the idea that mental illness can arise from having this like hole in your your soul and your and and your heart. You know, you're you're out there seeking your creator, but you're not finding the way to them, the proper way to them. So, it, you know, there are mental illnesses that come and because of that, Frank. I mean, you look for other things, uh, oh, other ways to be accepted. And unfortunately, you know, because of that, young urban youth may join a gang, right? A suburban white woman, she's looking for other ways to be accepted. And she may find that not where she should, but among like, you know, like you said, witchcraft. Uh, I, I actually know an evangelical. She's in her 40s now, but uh, very textbook growing up in the 90s, was not raised to be religious. I mean, the parents were Catholic, but they didn't really practice. And she was searching like you do when you have that hole in your soul and found it with like, how do I put this nicely? But, you know, like uh, literally a coven of witches, people who practice Wicca, right? But it was a very radical feminist worldview and sexuality wise and that's not who she is so here she is now 20 something years later right or 20 years later um 
living with these like regrets and sadly without a family and with I never never had kids Frank never got married you know and uh now is just a middle-aged white woman who has to try to find a relationship and you know hold on to that relationship her personal relationship with God because she didn't have one before I find it tragic <laughs> I find it completely tragic and by the way um well I don't know if I'll blow too much but she had a drinking problem for years, so it's not like that stuff was like fulfilling that part of her. You know, it, it wasn't working. Now she doesn't. But you know, uh, you, but this, there are too many stories like that from people in our generation, Frank. I don't know. What, too many I don't know if it was with you and I, uh, but we were talking about depression rates, and we were talking about Scotland, especially how it, it, this was a uh, a major major consumer of. Uh, of antidepressants and and things like that. So we're talking about everybody is in there. I mean, it, it's whatever we're going through, what kind of cycle we're going through. I I don't. Uh, it's not a dog pile on women. I mean, men are the, the. We're all going through the same things. We've been disconnected oh, from yeah. some oh, sort yeah. of a some sort of a good foundation here. But you know, you brought up something there about about children, and now I want to talk about the nation a little bit because, as they say, in you know, demographics is destiny, and and I gotta say, Rich. It's not that it's uh, it's not that hard to see what comes you know a few generations down the road when native populations have abandoned having large families um, and yeah. and and you know have abandoned any kind of local thinking for socialized nationalist thinking and imported tens of millions of foreigners to, who do nothing but have children because the last couple of weeks alone we have seen in the streets of the united states and in europe two it's incredible to see this especially in, in with this with these kinds of numbers two warring factions of middle easterners clogging american and european streets with no regard whatsoever for anything but their own ancient hatreds for each other. We are completely on the outside looking in, watching this happen in foreign land. I mean, this is what the importation is, bro. You want to see where everybody's allegiances lie. Uh, man, oh man, if all it takes is another flare-up in a, in a part of the world that is always at war with each other, then, I mean, it, it's all our war now. It's been, it's been injected into everything. Well, that's that's why ultimately labeling nationalism, you know, a dirty word and using it as the glue that holds the, the liberal nation state system together. And I don't mean liberalism left, folks. I mean, like the modern liberal nation state system. Uh, it, it relies on nationalism. In fact, modern day liberals hate it because they don't like the liberal nation state system. They don't like the perpetuation of cultural identities within nation states they want it all to just be a hodgepodge if that's the case frank and it's not a melting pot but a mosaic right and a nation like ours great britain is i believe going to great britain's gonna fall frank i mean it's gonna fall does anybody seriously think that they're going to continue as the great britain you know they will not they'll be gone and france is not that far off as well although i think france has some hope whereas great britain probably does not institutionally it's in a lot worse um situation it's in, it's in it's in a worse state uh but that's the downside of the mosaic instead of the melting pot because now you're importing those fights that have absolutely nothing to do with the american national identity we're at a point right now brother and i hate to say it but um 
we're at a point right now where you know the educated white native is not going to save this country uh this is going to be done by average people who still espouse those values and working class hispanics who want those values to supplant the values of where they came from because they're smart enough to realize that they left those areas for a reason and there are certainly there are countries where latin americans um you know i i mean there we all know we always talk about cuba and stuff but it's more than that there are other areas venezuelans part of colombia um Mexico is not the huge flow anymore. It's just a, it's in their way. If they want to get here, they have to go through Mexico. But even the more Mexicans have stayed in this country, legal or illegal, uh, they've gotten more Americanized, whereas some of those others, El Salvador, they've had a much uh, harder time. It's going to have to take this like coalition of those who are still, and I hate, you know, they use, think about the, it's the name of that movie with uh, daniel day lewis and the nativist is like a bad word right that's their that's our modern like nationalism is like yesteryear's nativist term right and we're gonna need some immigrants to like partner with in order to preserve the culture and values of this country because you have a bunch of an influx a huge influx of people who don't believe in it another huge influx of people who frankly hate it and a domestic population who's been so poisoned by failed academic institutions, they've been taught to hate it. So that is what this country is up against. And, um, you know, we can see it every time something like this breaks out in the Middle East. I can't stand it when something like this breaks out in the Middle East. And I hear people say, rising or I go and I'll turn on the news and the little subtitle, you know, the little uh, the, the lower third, Frank, will say, rising anti-semitism on college campuses it was rising 25 years ago when i was in college it is now the prevalent dominant sentiment on most the vast majority of college campuses and certainly the higher uh i would want to use ivy league but the ivy ivory tower uh world of higher education it's pro-palestinian it's pro-hamas and because of it we have between that and the influx of people, we have members of Congress who are pro-Hamas, Frank. I mean, that there's this isn't being sympathetic to Palestinians when Rashida Tlaib brings Hamas-tied activists, or they're posing as activists. They're really, you know, terror-tied, um, would-be terrorists in business suits, right? Uh, they're there to lobby and bully and and uh lean on other democratic leaders like nancy pelosi and angle at one point who was there all to stop rashida to uh or ilhan omar from being censured and powwowing in rashida Tlaib's office these were people that are known to have ties to hamas the muslim brotherhood and they were just walking the halls of our congress like there's nothing like it's nothing frank yep. bullying a muslim a western muslim journalist from the wall street journal nobody reported it nobody cared so it's like this idea when people say it's this growing sentiment it pisses me off because it isn't growing it grew already it metastasized years ago and has grown into this giant cancerous ball this giant cancerous cell right in the heart of our society and uh talking about it like that is just so i bet you they laugh frank when they hear media discuss this right because like look at these idiots they think this is like 
just started or something. These are things they've been in place for decades, and now they're reaping the benefits of. Exactly, and, and the benefit, um, and the by benefit, the way, Rich. Pelosi the, caved on that. Well, remember? The, well, the, the benefit is what we're seeing right now. It, it was getting to a point. It was getting to a point where now right. we're we're, yep. we're able to host these these polarizing street battles here in western civilization whereas whereas they may be subject of debates and in, inside of you know college intelligentsia uh circles or whatever whatever the hell it is everybody wants to be geopolitically um uh involved or go to debate class or something and, and talk about what's going on across the across the <laughs> sea but but now this has been built up so that there this can be expressed this conflict can be expressed and actually rear its head more often inside our society and yeah. um and again I, it's a, another reason why i just think that that uh, jews are especially are intentionally victimized this way and uh, by people who who uh seek who pretend to represent them i think that this is all part of the no, great, i totally uh, agree um I, I i agree with that and i also agree with the knee-jerk support israel no matter what is not helping their cause at all because they're like you know uh fair-minded people who could uh agree that israel is provoked um you know was not uh, obviously that that they're they're living under an unsustainable situation they have a right to defend themselves all of that nonsense but frank when you do it at a any price is uh worth paying or you know and it, there's no skepticism toward what is being said or what is being claimed at all and i think that that's off-putting to people who otherwise are inclined to uh sympathize more with israel than than not uh i really do think that and then also I would say this. I I I think that th th this was a hell of a timing. I mean, come on, they were isolated. Iran was broke. That's how Donald Trump handed the keys to Joe Biden in the White House. Hamas wasn't a problem. Two state solution wasn't even on the table anymore because it didn't matter. Even the Arab world was uh, ostracizing Hamas and other and members of the Palestinian Authority. And now we're what? It's 2023. Uh, the, the complete reversal on bankrupting Iran has enriched them once again. They can fund these things. It's just a, a it couldn't have happened at a worse time because if Israel is going to make a move to try to defend themselves, eradicate Hamas, it would have been better to do it under Donald Trump. I mean, tone from the top matters. But now it's in a position where they they want Israel to overreact, they want to parade out the dead bodies uh, because that that will further advance their cause. They'll get more sympathies for it, Frank. <sighs> you know, a lot of part of the society has forgotten that war sucks, and that's why you should not engage in it. Almost at any cost, you should not want to engage in it because there is no surgical war anymore. If you want total victory, there is no way, especially in an urban setting, to engage in the kind of conflict that's not even based in reality and that produces either no or so few civilian casualties they don't make the news uh that's just not real it's not reality uh which is why you shouldn't engage in war unless you absolutely have to uh but you know there's positives here i don't want to doom on people because think about it this way frank people would have immediately believed that hamas version of the story with the hospital the new york times ran with it if it wasn't for independent content creators people like us and i not 
one out there to praise Elon Musk, but him purchasing Twitter, um, obviously, that's an example of where you can see there are positive developments because otherwise somebody like me would have said, well, wait a minute, let's hold on. Fog of war is tough. Let's see what the facts are. I would have got a community note slapped on me or I would have gotten a suspension and everyone would have just continued to believe that Hamas blew up the hospital, you know, or whatever. I mean, that, uh, excuse me, Israel blew up the hospital and would have believed Hamas's version of the story. Uh, fog of war is tough, you know, and people should yeah. always vet this stuff as it comes out. Well, I want to... So, uh, at least that's one good example. I don't want to doom on people too no, much here. It's, hey, listen, it's going to doom on its own. I, um, you know, <laughs> it I know it's going to doom so on its own. <laughs> but, you know, speaking of fog of war, I want to switch to something else now. This is something yeah. that happened over the weekend. Um, I, maybe you've seen a, this clip from... It's a breathtaking clip from Bill Maher's show with that professor, oh, yeah. Scott Galloway. I want to play this for you. This 41 seconds has been getting around quite a bit. He's an NYU professor, NYU Stern, and uh, and he wants everybody to just, you know, you know, live and let live and let's forget about all the things that yeah. that they were advocating for in the middle of this lockdown. Take a listen to this and uh, and then we can we can talk a little bit because this really got me and uh, and yeah, listen. Well, I was on the board of my kids school during COVID. I wanted a harsher lockdown policy and in retrospect I was wrong. The, the, the damage to kids of keeping them out of school longer was greater than the risks. But here's the bottom line. Myself, our, our great people the CDC, I'd like to thank the governor, we were all operating with imperfect information and we were doing our best. So it's, 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 it's well. So let's, but let's learn from it. Let's learn from it. Let's learn from it. Let's hold each other accountable. But let's bring a little bit of grace and forgiveness in the, yeah. the shit shit. Okay. Now, Rich, I'm, I'm going to just say a few things and I'm going to let you roll. Yeah. The grace and let's let are you fucking. Uh, you see, we're in a strange position right now. I was discussing this earlier on in the day where I think we should, in a way, be accommodating to everyday people who were trapped in this paradigm of shots and pills and masks and Trump derangement. And and and, they, and if any of those everyday people that we live around are maybe sheepishly coming to their senses at this point, apologizing, where, you know, where they, they've, a price has been paid, either with their own physical health, someone they know, or they're just like cold water has been splashed in their face, and suddenly they, they want to just make things right. I, I'm, that, I'm, a lot more open-minded too but these doctors these teachers the unionists the government officials they all kept their jobs they kept their grants they kept their seats on these swanky hbo talk shows they can suck my ass with their apologies and 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 yeah uh it may very well be a contradictory stance for me to take but but these people they, they exist in my head in a completely separate category that I cannot take them out of. They should not be allowed to fess up to lesser the lesser of their crimes and just yeah. be able to go back to the office. For heaven's sake, Rich, he's sitting right across the way from Andrew Cuomo. The, the, the listen, the professor over here. He may have been a willing pawn and an enforcer in many ways, but Andrew Cuomo is a murderer. Yeah, he killed people. He, his decision he making, people. his decision making, put sick people in with elderly people in nursing homes who die from the flu anyway, and they covered up the orders. It's murder, and they're sitting on Bill Maher 
And they're sitting with him lamenting about how they did their best. This makes me want to, I mean, I mean, it makes me want a Fed post. It really does. There is a line, you know, grace, right? Now he wants to talk about religion. Uh, you know, when in the, in the political sphere and society and policymaking, grace is for God, punishment is for politics. You, first of all, they're asking for grace and, and they're asking for forgiveness before we know the true extent of their crimes. We know about the elderly that they murdered in the nursing homes. That is called democide, R.J. Rommel, death by government. When government institutes policies that become directly responsible for the death of human beings. That could be them deciding to roll out tanks in the street and blow shells into the side of buildings, or that could be public health policy that they, they knew was not the wise way to go. They did this to defeat Donald Trump. They did this to seize your liberties. And anyone who lives in the United States of America, he's a Mr. Mr. MD, Mr. Smart Guy, all right? Crisis is the rallying cry of the tyrant. Everyone should know, if you call yourself a U.S. citizen, everyone should know that in times of crisis, that is when they come for your liberties. And that is the time for cool heads. That's the time for level heads. That's the time to take if you know it's bad data, if you know it's incomplete information, we were acting on bad information, we were acting on incomplete information. I hate it when they say that, Frank, because let's talk about the schools for a second. 18 studies we published on People's Pundit Daily before the school system stuff was, was implemented. We had data, we had studies from, the, the, uh, from Southeast Asia and other parts of Asia from the SARS outbreaks in the 2000s and other severe acute respiratory syndromes. We always knew that the, that it's, it's not even as severe with children as far as transmission as the flu. It's not the Petri dish theory does not hold with severe acute respiratory disorders among children. We already knew that. They're full of crap. They mischaracterized all of those diagnoses because someone died from the flu. They didn't get extra money, Frank. You classify that as a COVID death and you get more money. Come on. Let's let's stop pretending like they didn't know here. I hate this. I really can't say it's first of all, the lockdowns in general. There were people. Dr. Jay Betachera, he's an economist and a medical doctor. You're smarter than him, doctor. All right. We don't know the true extent of what they have. I watched. And I'm not a no DeSantis fan, but I watched this piece of crap on MSNBC berate Ron DeSantis the other day over uh, firearm deaths. She was saying, your firearm death rate went up. His firearm death rate went up because of the lockdowns, because suicides went to the moon. That is the number one cause of gun deaths in this country, not mass shootings. Suicide. And suicides went to the moon as the result. They were called deaths of despair, which Dr. Jay Vettichera, myself, many others argued they will be incalculable. You won't. They're immeasurable. The damage you will do from this, you can't even begin to find the place where this is where I start to quantify what the the, the numerical impact, the damage, the negative impact on society was. We just have to take it by piecemeal. Children didn't get a full year worth of knowledge in that school year. They got, if they were lucky, roughly two-thirds of the knowledge that they would normally get in that particular grade throughout that school year. That's what we knew was going to happen, but they wanted to pretend like it was the caution. You know, it was better to take caution than not. And at the end of the day, they, that policy did more damage than it did good. He now acknowledges that, and he wants what? Sympathy? He set our children behind. And once again, 
They did all of this. They were all too willing to push it because of money, because of grants, because of social cowardice. And let's not forget the number one reason of all, because COVID policies hurt Donald Trump and they hurt his ability to win re-election. His Achilles heel was the economy. His Achilles heel was they needed to change the manner in how we voted. They used that damn pandemic. They used that fear and paranoia to be able to completely uproot society, to completely change and evolve the electoral process into something it isn't. And now they want to pretend like they were just doing the best with the information they had. They're so full of crap. Joe Biden's own public health advisor during that campaign told Fox News, you know what, it's a close race now, but wait until there are 250 body bags, 250,000 body bags at the end of the summer. It'll be a different race then. They knew that locking down and sending everybody to the Publix or the ShopRite, you know, to, to pick out melons and all touch the same fruit was the way the virus was gonna be transmitted. Even the early data told us that public transportation largely did not do it. Being confined for long, for uh, prolonged periods in the same close quarters and in same fine spaces is what was uh, leading to higher transmission rates. So if you know that, then locking everybody down from everything in their life that they have to do and allowing them only to be shoulder to shoulder at the grocery store fighting over the last roll of toilet paper is about the dumbest thing you could have possibly thought to do. It didn't save any lives, Frank. No. All right? 13 days to stop the spread, 14 days to stop the spread, 30 days to stop the spread. Didn't do anything but continue the spread. And now these people want, they want forgiveness. I, let, no. let, let me, no forgiveness for you. Let me bring No you, forgiveness for you. I got to bring you to another direction because this is what they're trying to do. They're playing on, I, this is a... Uh, uh, a post that I got from a friend of the show, Raw Egg Nationalist, and he was commenting on a study that was done, a uh, publication about how the, the problems that the right has in recognizing the, um, the political distinction between friend and enemy, okay? Yeah. Uh -huh. And how the left routinely yeah. plays, on, plays on compassion and understanding that, the, that they themselves do not possess. They play on compassion and understanding and reasonableness in their opponents and their targets that they themselves do not possess. And I want to yeah. read this. I want to read this post to you, and then I want to just see what you have to say about it. And this is this is where we can start wrapping up for the short show tonight. Uh, he says the following. I'll get it up on the screen. Actually, I got to get Ren back on the show soon. The fact that even now people on the right can't recognize a genuine opportunity for what it is, the massive rift that's opened up in the international and domestic left, suggests that we are really stuck within a dangerous mental circuit. If we can't break out of it, the end point is going to be very nasty indeed, both defeat, even death. Um, I've written more than once about the right's inability to recognize the elementary friend-enemy distinction and its inability to press home an advantage when it has one, an increasingly rare occurrence these days, mind you. It's becoming utterly debilitating. The new study in the personality psycho uh, psychology suggests that this may actually be baked into the conservative personality. In a series of, of hypothetical situations, conservatives consistently showed 
showed greater empathy and generosity toward liberals than the other way around. Liberals recognized conservatives as more harmful than conservatives saw liberals. How much will it take to change this? What has to happen? These are the genuine questions I'd like to know the answers to. Uh, that That does bring a very serious question because yeah. that that is in a way what this this idiot from NYU Stern that's sitting there and he's doing his act his his humble contrite act about they were just doing the same but they they executed this with viciousness and they knew exactly what they were going to extract out of it and they also knew that there had to be an extraction date where they had to pull themselves out of the shit and try to put a new face on what happened the years prior they have no regard for human decency, if you ask me, and I, I think I've seen these these studies before. There is a huge rift yeah. in in the way we see each other. What do you think? What do you think that we're we're uh, the biggest challenge for us to correct this is going to be going forward, Rich? That's what we'll end on. Yeah, and I've seen I've seen that, uh, Frank. I've seen these studies before. I've seen also studies on tolerance. Uh, you know that you know conservatives are far more tolerant than liberals, even toward their own friends and family when it comes to things like this. They're more forgiving. Um, and I I don't honestly don't know how you correct that without taking a piece of away from you. Uh, you know uh, what makes you a conservative or what makes you what who you are. I will say this though. It's our it's the rights inherent desire to want to see the natural good or the ability of people to get better. You're never going to be perfect, but they they do believe that you can strive through uh, principle, through, you know, faith, uh, whatever it may be, through, uh, you know, Maybram Maslow's, you know, riding up the, the, the pyramid, the hierarchy of needs, Frank. They want to believe in the betterment of man, mankind. They want to believe in, in man's ability to to better themselves. I think they need to say it like I think they need to under- expand, though, because at the same time they believe that they also are very m- much more astute at recognizing the danger of government. For instance, they're not going to be a referee, you know, between you know of in- between in- you know gets in the way of injustices. It is much more likely they'll be abused and they'll be used uh, as instruments of power to, to to impose their will on other parts of the population. I think that conservatives are going to have to expand that uh, then you know that definition of what they believe you know inherently makes government and other bodies of power you know dangerous and exploitable you know absolute power corrupts absolutely kind of thing they're going to have to start expanding that and realizing that it's more individualistic than they think you know that and it's funny because the left we call them the hive mind right um the right is looking at people as individual people frank they're Mm -hmm. looking at them and that's you know as they see themselves and in the mirror right we're all individuals and we're all capable of thinking and critically thinking for ourselves uh that's why i want to have empathy toward that person i want to try to understand i want to try to even convert that person but i want to be able to forgive um, they need to understand that the that the hive has expanded and they need to expand the definition of what the hive is or their understanding because COVID is a great example of how when the hive mind takes over, uh, you know, that they, they don't see you as humans. Let's not forget the studies that showed majorities of Democrats were willing to put people into camps, Frank, who were not vaccinated. All right. So they have to wake the hell up. It reminds me of Jeff Sessions. 
who served in the Senate for how long, right? Multi-year, a multi-term senator from Alabama gets plucked to be the attorney general for Donald Trump and the horrible things they said about him during a confirmation hearing, he barely made it through. He, you know, these are people he served with. He kept referring to them as, come on now, friends. My friends across the aisle don't really believe that about me. You know me, you know my character. He was so stupid. Sitting there, he looked so naive. His friends across the aisle. His friends across the aisle were spreading rumors that he was sleeping with young Korean girls in hotels. His friends across the aisles uh, were, were, were basically at the very best insinuating that he did not have the character to serve as attorney general. These mm -hmm. are people you know, that he believed he shared some kind of a kinship with as being a member of the upper chamber right he's in some a, a, a club where maybe we don't agree about everything but by god we all have this mutual respect for each other don't we and he kept i would tell people i would refer people to that hearing and you'll see with that study on full display frank here he, they are viciously coming after him. They want to destroy him. They want to destroy him while his family, one of them, by the way, is, go take a look at his kids. All right, folks, and you'll know why that smear is so hurtful. All right. They're sitting a row, two rows back, and they're coming at him like this, trying to ruin him. And he is sitting there, my friends, my friends. It's pathetic. No. That's a perfect example. Oh, I'm, Honestly, I'm, it is. I'm glad you and brought it up. change it and realize that their friends are going to try to lock them up and put them in gulags and, you know, would like to see and those you are, eradicated from society. Those are just That's the friends the with have, uh, that have recognizable names in the media. Uh, everybody below them just living amongst us in our, in our neighborhoods that, uh, you know, uh, fall under the, the purview of the PTA and things like that. That's something completely different. So, uh, well, Rich, this has been another enlightening one. I hope you have a wonderful Halloween. Uh, and listen, uh, I um, when you uh, when you get off the air tonight, please either text me or call me, leave me some voice notes or whatever. Anything you want to ask uh, about the process yeah. of leaving the body intentionally or OBEs, NDEs, and anything paranormal, send it my way, man. And if you have to be watching tomorrow, then you can always text me in real time. I'll try to get those in as well. But let people know uh, what you got coming up for the rest of the week and where they can find you. Yeah, I'll do that. And also, I probably have to watch the replay doing the trick-or-treating. It does look like, you know, I was supposed to go to um, Mar-a-Lago uh, for the premiere of Police State. But there's just so much going on, Frank. I was telling people, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to do the show so at least Wednesday, maybe even Friday. You know, there's so much prep going on. It, it looks like I'm not going to go. So always Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, typically at noon Eastern Standard Time, unless we cancel for some reason like that. But it doesn't look like we're going to. Uh, Rumble, YouTube. But, of course, the best place to follow us and the show, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, is on localspeoplespundant.locals.com. That's where you get, by the way, uh, early results from the polls we do. You get a lot of just a lot of stuff other people don't don't get if they're not uh, following and or supporting us on locals. And, yeah, I'll definitely send that to you, Frank, because probably be out trick or treating with the kids and have to catch some of the replay. So I'll probably send you something ahead of time. But, uh, yeah, I can't wait for that. That should be fascinating. I'm looking forward to that. Well, I really appreciate this. I'm glad that we did what we did tonight. It wasn't all headlines. It was a little bit more bigger picture. And I think that's where we really yeah. and next time you come on. I have to ask some some uh, follow up questions to your 
your UFO experience because we've been getting a lot of uh, things coming in now, and we were doing Project Blue Beam again the other the other week, and uh, I want to I want to yeah. brush up on some of that. But thank you, man. All the best to uh, the wife and the kids, and and we'll talk soon. Let's do it. And Frank, text me back. Remind me to t- and maybe Laura sent them to you, but don't share them. But I got some photos to show you. Remind me to send them to you. Speaking you, of that, you took pictures of it. Uh, we were pumpkin picking and caught something we didn't even realize was there. Nobody saw it when it was there. It must have been going so damn fast. Zoom in on Frank. You oh. tell me what it looks like to you. Okay. All right. That all sounds right. that sounds great. Right. Okay. Talk to cool, you soon, brother. Rich. All right. All the best. Take care. There you go, Rich Barris. You can find him on Locals. His URL is uh, in the description of this episode. We're going to take a really quick break. It's 8.15. Come back, and I will be doing your super chat. So here's what we'll do. Here is the QR code for the Super Chats. Take a picture of that right now. Take your camera out. Send me something. Let me know what you think about what the hell's been going on. That's at quitefranklysuperchat.com. But if you're on Rumble, you can type in those Rumble rants. And if you're on quitefrankly.tv, gold pills. And if you haven't been on quitefrankly.tv and learned how fun the gold pill system is, you should. Because everybody is going to get a little bit more intimate with it in the uh in the coming years so it's going to be great really really great we're getting independent just at the right time and uh and thank you again rich barris for everything we will be right back don't go anywhere Intermission time, folks. Time out to press the like button. Thank you. Ladies and Welcome to Intermission. We'll, we'll be right back.
entering, quite frankly. 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 We all support quite frankly. Not quite. Quite frankly. Joe Brandon. Quite frankly. In Roma, Italia. Quite frankly. You're going on Frank's show tonight? I want to get a Coke. Can I get a Coke? So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. Okay, so here's what we got going on. I think we have one or two. Let me see here. We got a we got a rumble rant from Jay Semo. Says pumpkin hocus pocus is all I can make out on Rich's shirt. You guys kicked ass tonight. I always like when Rich comes by, and I think that we hit on some good, touched a few good nerves. Napkin on QuiteFrankLySuperChat.com says, Hey, Frank, what's the difference between a plumber and a chemist? Pronounce the word unionized. Unionized. Unionized? I, I don't know. Am I? Is this going right over my head? The plumber and the chemist pronounce the word unionized. I, you've got me, brother. <laughs> Make me feel silly over here. Katie Sky says, Frank, for the love of God, please start streaming late or take the night off tomorrow. Aurora will only be little once. This is not a dress rehearsal, respectfully. Um, I, you know, I was thinking about that before. It's only because the only reason why I was thinking, about it, if this was next year, it, I would have definitely started at at least eight. But she still is going to bed at 7 o'clock. And this is probably all going to be wrapped up by 5.30, 5.40. So we'll see. Tomorrow night, I'll have to talk to uh, Dr. Albert Taylor. The good thing that is in my favor is that Dr. Albert Taylor is on the West Coast. So if his call is at 5.20 p.m. Pacific time instead of 4.20 p.m. Pacific time, and I start the show at 8 p.m. instead of 7 p.m. I will definitely be able to get, uh, definitely be able to to do a little bit more. So be on the lookout for that, ladies and gentlemen. We'll either be working uh, this show out at the same time at 7 o'clock tomorrow, or perhaps at 8 o'clock tomorrow night. I'll make that decision tomorrow, and uh, I'll see what what uh, Dr. Taylor could could swing, and and that might be nice. But you know, in the coming years, when Aurora's staying up later and, and we're going to hit up more houses and stuff like that then I'll have to do a 9 o'clock broadcast or something like that but I, I was thinking that I still might be able to make 7 o'clock work this year anywho we'll see we will see alright uh, over on Pilled on Pilled.net quite frankly.tv Foxhole it's all the same 
NJSF, thank you so much. I'm sure I'll be seeing NJSF on the book club. He is a very, very enthusiastic and wonderful contributor to book club. You guys, I, I want to really draw you in. Read books with us. Do it. Do it. Sean Joe, thank you. Jay Jules says, I need to buy some coffee for Lorraine's porch. Jules, don't you worry. The coffee is going to be really, really great. And I've even worked it out with my friend Paige at Revolution Coffee. We're going to talk all about it. That throughout winter and fall, with every purchase, there's going to be a small sampler bag of these wonderful chocolate-covered uh, espresso beans that she sent us a jar. I said, "These," I said, "Paige, these are amazing. We've got to, we've got to work this in." She goes, "Well." During the fall and the winter, I can definitely put in sampler bags with, with these purchases. But, you know, during the summer and the spring, they may melt a little bit. So we're going to, you know, either way, there'll be a little something there. It's going to be really great. Lauren and I did a lot of taste testing with friends and family, and we, we got this together really quick. Sean Joe, thank you. Deborah R., thank you. Robert Sarns, thank you for the shades. Thank you, Sean Joe, again. C. Blanche. Peace to you, my friend. Boys Blanc. See Blanche again. Tam Growl. Eric Allen says all the best of the Quite Franklies. Thank you, Eric. Chai Possum, Captain Flint, C. Blanche again. Brewbark says the biblical worldview has been the cause of wars for over 2,000 years. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're seeing it. And some people really want to force it in there. I was listening to some of the crazy shit that Benjamin Netanyahu has been been saying uh, over the last uh, the four four days or so, using the Old Testament um, as a uh, as a soapbox. It's like, wow, this is the real deal, man. Let's see how we wiggle our ways out of this one. Redfish, thank you. Redfish, bluefish. One fish, goo fish. Thank you, chai possums. Can't wait for quite frankly coffee. Neither can I. It's just more check, and and also by the um, by the by around that same time in November, uh, we'll not only have the coffee there, but we should have at least a, a revamped merchandise section too. All new concepts, and it's going to be great. So always working behind the scenes. Here's a little something that came in real quick. MLB pitcher kills passing bird with a warm-up throw. This was five months ago, and it is Zach Gallen. That's what I thought. Uh, take a look at this. It's 42 seconds long. Let me get... Uh, oops. There you go. Listen to this. MLB pitcher kills passing bird with warm-up throw. Arizona Diamondbacks pitcher Zach Gallen repeated history in the worst way on Wednesday when he became the second pitcher in franchise history to kill a bird with a pitch. Gallen, during a warm... Well, I mean, the, 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 there's no moving image here. Randy Johnson, bird. That was in the middle of the game. Check this out. Oh, come and he's on. Also the only Why? Well, they still frame. Here you go. Boom. You see that? See this? This is back in 2001. Here's the pitch. And this is a hard this is a hard throwing ball. Oh, just explodes. Now, it happens 22 years later 
and it uh, and it constitutes a really significant synchronicity on the list. We did kill a bird. I remember my buddy Koss and I, we, we, we went to, I think it was one day in the summer years ago. We took our baseball gloves and one of these batting practice balls that we had, so it had good bounce to it, and we went to this, uh, this school that was closed for the summer, and we used its brick wall to just throw the ball against the brick wall and just, you know, play hops and, and uh, you know, short hops off the wall and things like that and just create targets and, and have a workout. And it was crazy. One of his killing of the bird was even more improbable. Hit the ball, uh, it threw the ball against the wall, hit the target. It bounced off the grass on the bounce up off the grass. We saw something break off. We thought, we thought that the ball broke in half. Something flew off of the ball. So what the hell was that? This little tiny bird <coughs> was making its way across. And it got knocked right out of the air, knocked dead from the ball that had bounced off the grass and up. Talk about billion to one. So I've seen that, but this is something different. Same team. So does this mean that the Diamondbacks are going to win? I'm pulling for Texas because they're the only team that didn't have a, a pride night. That's why I'm pulling for the the Rangers. The only team that didn't do that. <clears throat> Good for them. All right. That's all we have. <coughs> I think I got a little bit of a, a shard of espresso bean still caught. My epiglottis. I've got real problems here, folks. Got a real <laughs> got a real problem, folks. Uh, Debbie Bomarito says Angel Studios produced Sound of Freedom has a new film in theater called After Death. It is a film that explores the afterlife um, based on all near-death experiences conveyed by scientists, authors, and survivors. We spoke about that this morning, uh, Tracy and I did. Uh, so I know about that. I want to, I got to watch that. I'll take a look at it. I'm sure that what we just did with Eben Alexander is going to come into play in some uh, respect. And unfortunately... Back in September, we did not have the back-to-back episode between uh, Nurse Penny Whitbrot and Eben Alexander. Her near-death experience is incredible. Really incredible. Hopefully, we can have her on again one day. But that's all I have for you tonight. Tomorrow, it's another deal. It's Halloween, and we may start at 8 o'clock. Either way, when you go to quitefrankly.tv and you're waiting in the chat room right there on quitefrankly.tv, wherever it is, you'll see what this what the episode is uh, is scheduled for. If it's 7 o'clock, then we're on as usual. If it's 8 o'clock, then, oh my gosh, scandalously late. Anywho, thank you guys. I'll see you soon. And for those of you who are getting uh, taking part in book club, well, we are just on the other side. I'll see you there. Good night, one and all. Nope. No, you did it again, Frank. He did it again. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is film before a live studio audience. Now our super chatter, starting with Debbie Bomarito. Uh, napkin 
Katie Sky, Jay Semo, and all of our wonderful friends who have sent gold pills on QuiteFrankly.tv. Speaking of QuiteFrankly.tv, get on over there right now and hang out because we have wonderful uh, spooky movies that are going to be going all night and other things to uh, scratch all of your itches this time of year because as you know, the day after tomorrow, it's Thanksgiving and Christmas. We go full steam ahead. All the spookiness just dissolves in a mere five minutes past midnight tomorrow night. So get to quitefrankly.tv, become a sponsor, because this show is powered, the future is powered by you. Every little bit helps, thank you, I'll see you tomorrow. Don't come to my house or else I'll suck your dick and blood, I'll suck your blood.